Shifley, leave it for Connor. Why not? What a move in front. Shifley scores! Winnipeg is a special place in, uh, in my heart. Cross for Ehlers, gives to Stastny, drops for Lion A, shooting, scores! And back comes Mark Shifley, dropping in behind him. Buffett shoots, he scores! He moves the line, he tried to flip it up there, and he was upended by Danico. Jamnoff following up, Jamnoff right in, speed is shot, scores! Moving in, Pearson cut in at the net, and was knocked down. Now Domi flips it high, Solani goes after it, Timo Solani breaks it, he scores! All right. Hey there, hockey fans. Welcome to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's season two, episode 22, COVID-19 edition three, uh, isolation styles here. Um, I'm here, uh, co-host Tom here uh, with co-host Randy, and we've got special guest uh, Jared McKidiak from UMFM. Yeah, so how are you boys doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's a little early for a house party here, but hey, uh, no better time than uh, now to uh, crack a beer and talk some hockey. That's right. You know, it's two minutes to five by my clock, so yeah, it's like happy hour to me. Uh, yeah, uh, Jared, what do you got to drink for uh, today's program? Uh, so I have been uh taking advantage of the great delivery service brought to you by my favorite local Barnhammer. Nice. And so tonight, uh actually in honor of a couple of the, the guys that I'm gonna highlight, I've got uh Le Sneak Belgique. Oh, uh, you got some got Belgian this, players. It's got this no no. <laughs> it's got this real nice mustache on it. Oh yeah, and nice. I, I, I'm I'm big on uh, some of the famous mustachioed uh, folks. So nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So before we get into our beers, we should mention. So this episode is going to be a little different than most of uh, talk and hockey sort of standard episodes go. This one's going to have um, the three of us talking about who would make our all time. Jets roster. We're going to take Jets 1.0, Jets 2.0. We're going to, you know, mine the farm for players from those two squads. WHA, NHL, doesn't matter. As long as the guy was a Winnipeg Jet, then he qualifies to possibly be on our all-time Jets team. If you were a Coyote or a Thrasher, GTFO, bud, because we don't want you here. So... Uh, yeah, all Jets, uh, all the time here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, uh, at least for today. And so, yeah, Jared's got some mustache beer. Randy, what are you rocking today? Uh, in honor of Joshua Hosang, I have uh, new, uh, nice. Barnhammer 66. Yeah, classic, classic. And uh, yeah, got to give a shout out to Jay. JHS <laughs> every time we rock one of those beers. Um, yeah. And for me, I've got, uh, took advantage of the delivery uh, by Trans Canada Brewing Company, picked up uh, uh, some lamp lighters. That's the one, of course, with the awesome little hockey scene going on there. 
But the one that I'm going to be sampling today, it's a Czech dark lager. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, I've never had it. I'm excited. It's a Czech dark style lager with no- notes of uh, roasted chocolate, caramel, and fig. Big fig guy over here. So nice. <laughs> looking to get into this. So anyway, uh, cheers, boys. Let's crack them. And then we'll start to talk all-time Jets roster. Yeah. I've been pouring my beers into a glass, not because I'm classy, but because I'm paranoid about who's touched my cans. And uh, That's I don't have said. sanitation wipes. <laughs> 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 yeah. I like it. I like I like the beer in the in the glass now. It's yeah. Well, yeah. that's a real nice. Uh, I'm not. Dark. I'm not. I'm not fancy like that. No. Yeah. No. You you must have, um, you know, sanitation wipes or spray or something. I guess. <laughs> well, that's the great thing is uh, Barnhammer wipes the cans down pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. My my whole beer fridge actually smells like. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, whatever they uh they're cleaning the cans with and i'm okay nice. with that nice yeah yeah it was pretty cool actually getting the con it was contactless delivery i got there and so you pay for it online and then they come and just drop it on your doorstep but you have to show them id so i just like put my id <laughs> through the window it was like yeah it's me like <laughs> yeah anyway but uh right on well first sip is delicious uh your fig, your fig flavored beer. I'm getting some notes. Yeah, some fig notes. Nah, more notes, uh, more notes of roasted sort of. I don't know, like just a, like a malty sort of lager, I guess. I don't know. It's pretty good though. I like it. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, how do we start? Should we start with? Um, we'll start with the top line of our all-time Jets team here. Uh probably some tough decisions as to who's going to be on that top line. I think there's no shortage of high-end candidates uh, between Jets 1.0 and 2.0. Do we want to kind of just go through and, and name some names or how did, why don't Randy, why don't you take the lead? (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) let's just, let's uh, like, let's pick um, five man units, I guess maybe for the first, three lines um and then okay. and then the, the the fourth line will obviously just be three three grinders or whoever you choose to put on that fourth line but so yeah. um as far as and then we'll do goalies maybe at the very end so uh as okay. we go line by we've line got he, some, sorry i was just gonna say we've got some suggestions from other uh from listeners and from our uh crest of steel whatsapp chat we had a real good uh text versation amongst a bunch of us the other day about uh you know who could be on this potential jets all-time team so um we'll get into some of those picks from the from the fellas uh listener carter and east st paul had uh he had some good insight on some picks and then of course uh brendan uh rhyme time uh i would i would say listener what brendan from but actually i have no idea what part of the town he lives in so um I'll assume Wolseley. So we'll say rhyme time from Wol- listener rhyme time from Wolseley. Uh, he, he had a whole, a whole team he, like line combos. He had a seventh uh, D man and everything. So 
uh, a little later in the show, we'll get into that. So we'll start with, uh, yeah, we'll start with a, the first five man unit. And uh, so I think that there's probably a little bit of consensus as to who's, who should be on this. Um, why don't we start over with you, Randy, and, and see what you think. Okay. For your, well, for my ultimate number one line for the Winnipeg Jets, and because I'm the coach and I'm making this lineup, yeah. then I'm I'm going to do some position juggling just because okay. that's how I would want this this lineup to be. So, You're uh, like Paul Maurice. You juggle yeah, a lot. I, I can, I'm going to throw everyone in the blender and they can go wherever they want, right? I, I just, you, mm-hmm. The key here is to win games, and I'm going to win some games with this lineup. <laughs> so I've got to I've got to give the number one center to position. I got to give it to Mark Shifley because I think yeah. I think uh, he's the number one centerman uh, the Jets have kind of always needed, and we were able to draft him first overall in the very okay. first draft as the Winnipeg Jets. So. Centering my number one line, number 55, Mark Shifley. Playing right okay. wing is obviously, uh, I think, everyone's pick for this position. Maybe he, he might be playing left wing for you guys, but it's got to be Timu Solani. So yeah. uh, Timu's flanking uh, Mark Shifley on the right. And okay. like I said, uh, because I am the coach and I can make the players play wherever I want, on the left wing, I'm putting Dale Howarchuk. So it's it's, All right. it's Ducky, Ducky on the left wing. Ducky uh, on left, a- Shifes at the center position, and uh, and Solani on right, and that gives me okay. the also the benefit of when we have those faceoffs on the uh, other side of the ice, then I can put Ducky at center for those left-handed draws, and Shifley can play yeah. play the off wing. And then, uh, okay. and then, so I'm basically covered. To, you got two centermen for for uh, out there at all times. Whenever you got those uh, crucial draws that you need to win, so I got my two centers out there, and uh, obviously, Howard Chuck can could make his way uh, down down the left wing with it with ease. Yeah, because he he was a natural center, right? He yeah. played center, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty good. Then having like a a lefty. And a righty who can both play center. That line's got speed, like Solani. He's a burner, obviously. He's a finisher. Shifes. I mean, they're all kind of finishers. Um, but but I think Shifley is he's definitely like a setup man. Like he's got great passing and stuff. Um Howarchuk, obviously big goal scorer, but you know, looking at his hockey database here. He finished his career with 891 assists, uh, so he's no slouch that way. He, he knows how to dish. Um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty potent top line. So I'll go through my D picks here, and then I'll pass it over to Jared. Okay. So my top two uh, defensemen that I would put on my number one Jets line, playing left D, would be number six, Phil Housley. I think he, I think he he would run that puck up the ice and get that puck up onto yeah, Solani's stick, Shife's stick, or you know, whoever, um, yeah. Howardchuk's stick. Also, uh, I meant to mention this two weeks ago when we were going to talk about uh, our all-time Jets lineups. Yeah, but, um, I think that was just last week. Oh, last week. But anyways, yeah. Phil Housley has the most games played without a Stanley Cup. Really? He, he's got the record wow. for Wow. Yeah, for most games played by an NHL player without a Stanley Cup. 
Um, that was uh, Jay Bomeister for a while, maybe I think. And I then think he oh, got yeah, one yeah. last year. Yeah. One last year, yeah. Yeah. And then on the right wing or a right defense, I'm gonna put uh, number 33, Dustin Bufflin. I think Buff Dusty Buff and and Housley back on the point there. You know, solid puck movers also can create tons of chances back there with uh, Howard Chuck, Solani, and Shifley up front. You're you're gonna score mm. a lot of goals. Maybe you don't have the greatest um, defensive abilities, but I think if you're playing in the other team's zone. 99% of the time, then who needs defense? Yeah, well, you look at the Jets' top line this year, and their uh, Corsi numbers weren't great. They always <clears throat> like to talk about how they give up more scoring chances than they create, yet um, that's all fine and dandy at the end of the day, though. If, you're, if your line scores and the other line doesn't, then you're all good, and that's what the benefit of having a good goaltender is. We'll get to goalies later, but yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, you know, like having Bufflin back there, that provides a little bit of, um, like, I'm not saying Dusty's like the best defenseman ever, but he's, he's no slouch and his physicality could deter, you know, uh, opposing players from going into the corners, you know, without thinking twice kind of thing. Right. So that's, you know, that's a defensive tactic in itself. I think maybe just kind of having, having that, uh, big body around just to scare the living bejesus out of you. And with those guys, like maybe aside from Housley, who wasn't much of a shooter, but you've got like four other guys that can really shoot the puck. And uh, when you got a guy like Phil Housley, who had like, how many assists did he have? Like, especially that year with when he, uh, Solani had 76 goals. I think he had like 89 or 90 assists in one season. (laughs) So yeah. if you got a guy like Housley feeding those four guys the puck, I think you're going to score a lot of goals and win a lot of fake games. <laughs> <laughs> the games are super real. Uh, Phil Housley, the year Solani scored all those goals, had 79 assists. 79 assists, okay. Housley so- finished the year with 97 points in 80 games. Whew. Not too bad for a defenseman. Um, this is a weird stat though. He was minus 14 that year. Well, well it was a different time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, right on. Well, that's a really good first unit. I have a hard time picking that apart. Um, yeah. Jared, what do you, is your, does your first unit resemble that at all? Or what's, uh, what do you got going on over there? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the only, I think the only discussion that you could possibly make is if you were forcing guys to play in their natural position, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I'm, I'm dropping big shife down to the second line and I'm putting, putting Howard Chuck in the middle and I'm putting Solani on one side and I'm putting uh, the Golden Jet Bobby oh, Hall yeah. on the <laughs> other side, <laughs> nice. the, the 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 old dog. And I mean, you know, I think it's kind of like six, six of one, half a dozen of the other. And you know, when Randy mentioned it, I like the idea of uh, the master and the student playing on the same line together, right? Yeah, Shifley yeah. sort of came into his own with uh, with Barry. And Howard Chuck was his coach. 
So there's some good familiarity there. Um, and yeah, I think that's that, a real teacher and mentor situation or mentor and mentee or whatever. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, like, I mean, obviously Bobby Hall was a, a hall of fame player, but he did a lot of his hall of fame work in the NHL with Chicago. And so, yeah, all of his jets points obviously came in the WHA and so I'm happy to move and and you know what he's not even the he's not the nicest to guys so yeah. we can we can move him down to the second line and I would be quite happy with that because yeah. because these are the you know Solani Howard Chuck and Shifley are to me the three sort of iconic Jets offensive players of mm. my two eras so mm. and I and I and I can't disagree with. Uh, with Housley and Bufflin on the point, I think that you're getting two two different kinds of offensive defensemen, and I think that it's a solid it's a solid five man unit, and I, yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with that. And the yeah. house the Housley and and Bufflin combination is very similar to the uh, Enstrom and Bufflin combination, but. Housley yeah. is Housley's a lot better than Enstrom. But Housley's a little better than old Toby was, I mean, maybe. But you know, like well, Toby gets Toby gets crapped on, I think, by Jets fans a lot. But you know, he was he was good for a, a few years. He had great numbers, and and then you know he he didn't o- try to overextend himself too. He kind of played within his means, and that was just like you know by position being positional and using that long stick of his and whatever but he could move the puck but yeah toby's toby's uh run came to a an end there well, uh, an unceremonious well, end i guess well and i think that the only problem with enstrom was that at the time that he was winding down his jets career he was waking mm-hmm. making way too much money yeah. and yeah. the team the team nobody would take that contract on and yeah. the team was kind of stuck with them right so that's the unfortunate part of the business side of the NHL is like you have a guy who you are like man this guy you know gave great service to the team and and like a fan favorite and whatever but then you know because of the business of the game like i think Brian Little gets cast into this a little bit because he's been injured a lot and whatever and he's got that contract and yada 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 and then people are like oh brian little sucks uh but it's i like i have a hard time putting him down but it's just like you know his contract is a little unfortunate i guess it's a little cumbersome but i honestly think like a lot of that stuff comes from the media though like the yeah the sports journalist writing saying like oh the jets need a legit second centerman or second line centerman and then brian little's not good enough so then people hop on that and yeah, you know, dogpile and same thing with Enstrom. It's like we need a legit puck moving, puck moving defenseman, and people dogpile on that. And you know, yeah, they're they like Brian Little is a like a solid like look at the look at his career. Like how many years has he played? Yeah, he's he's been consistent yeah. and like aside from injuries and stuff, but he's been always been consistent with getting points no matter who he's playing with. Like wherever he goes, if he's on the first line or all the way down to the fourth line, like. It just, I, I, yeah. I honestly think a lot of that's been created by some sports journalists that seem to, I don't know, yeah, create those storylines or whatever they're trying to do. And then people just grab, grab onto it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Right on. Okay. So, yeah, that is all to say basically, yeah, Bobby Hall, excellent pick for left wing. 
could you swap him out for Howard Chuck? Yeah, sure you could <laughs> on the left side. Depends if you want guys play in their natural position or not, I suppose. Um, I do like the idea of going with natural position, though, in a way. Um, but, you know, like if you're talking like with Team Canada Olympic teams, you kind of have to exactly. sometimes the center's got to play the wing, and that's just the way it is. Well, Bergeron, so cool Bergeron plays wing for Crosby, right? Or Crosby plays yeah, wing exactly. for Bergeron. So. On, yeah. yeah, on his own, Bergeron's an excellent center, but hey, you put him with Crosby and who cares where you play? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, right on. So so defense-wise there, you had Housley and Buff, I guess, or were you going? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I got I got no problem with that. A couple Minnesota guys, probably yeah. some That's familiarity true. there. Yeah. You know, yeah. they could talk about they their talk favorite about ice uh, football games and yeah. <laughs> yeah. do the skull clap or whatever yeah. they call that thing. Talk there about, you go. Uh, talk about, uh, oh man, the what was Twins. the name of that baseball player? Yeah. The ball player, the short Kirby Puckett. Kirby. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. They can talk Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> the short plump guy. <laughs> God, I'm a, I'm a, what an idiot. Anyway. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good first unit. Um, so I guess I'm I'm gonna I'll chime in with this. Um, since I my familiarity with Jets 1.0 not being a, a, a lifelong Winnipegian, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna basically kind of just cur- like I don't think I'll suggest units the way that you guys are. I think they will do you two suggesting. The units and I'm just gonna chime in with what I chime in with, or whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, but I, I I like that. Um, and I'll and then I'll just add like a two cents or whatever. And I think that I like the idea of that first line having Hall on the left wing, one of the all-time great left wingers, centered by, I would say, Scheif and Solani. And I'm going to put Power Chuck on the second line. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, I just kind of want to see, I think, uh, like, I, I think Shifley in his seven years or whatever it's been as a, as a pro hockey player, he just gets better all the time. And I don't think we've seen the best of him yet, but, you know, for the last four years or so, he's been a point to game player. And I know Howard Chuck scored a lot more than that, but it was also a different era, I guess. But um, I want uh, I want Howard Chuck on the second line because I'm going to put him with Wheeler on the second line and uh, a winger that goes by the name of Paul McLean as well. You know that you guys know that guy. He's a Jet 1.0. Oh yeah, Paul McLean. He scored forty goals. Scored a few goals. Yeah, yeah, scored a few. Got a great mustache. <laughs> He's a fan of that uh, mustache beer. But anyway, oh yeah. yeah. So I I really like both of your guys' uh, choices for the top unit. Um, and all it came down to with your guys's was a case of semantics whether a guy plays his natural position or not. So I think that's all good. So let's move on to the second unit. Um, Randy, who do you got on your second unit? Well, I'm going to defer to Jared here first and then I'll go second on this. Okay. One. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
so I would have to put, uh, so if, if, if I'm going with the three guy or the sort of the, fi- the five men that I put forth, then on, uh, on the second line, I'd have big Scheif ro- rolling through the middle and mm-hmm. I'd have Thomas Steen on one wing and I'd have, uh, current captain Blake Wheeler on the other wing. Okay. And then, uh, back on the blue line, uh, I'm going back a ways with, with these two guys but uh, steady Freddie Olison nice. and yep. and uh, another uh, local mustache hero, number 44, Dave yes. Babbage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, Babbage was was uh, a big favorite of mine for for a long time. Um, one of the reasons was he kind of looked like my old man. Um, who also yeah. rocked the the, 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 the <laughs> short crop up top and the and the big duster over the lip? Um, that was like everybody's but, dad in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tr- true enough, true enough. But uh, yeah, I just I love Dave Babbage, and yeah. uh, he he always kind of supported the local community, and he he's been out at uh, lots of different local events since he's retired and. It was real sad to see him leave. He got traded to the Whalers for mm. Ray, Ray, Ray Newfeld in one of the worst trades in Jets history. So, <laughs> and he was the he was the first NHL player to uh, to wear the number forty four. Is that right? That's what that's what uh, the research tells me. It it is the internet. That's a fun so, stat. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I love Dave Babich. I was. I was a big fan of Babbage, but I didn't really get to know Dave until, um, well, like it was mostly through my hockey cards and like I had some Whalers cards of him. Yeah. Um, but really like it was his days with the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was kind of when I became, or when I came on to the Dave Babbage Raiders and I think it was the mustache and everything. And just like he, he became like such a favorite of mine. And, and like, I was a big hockey card collector. And every time I got a Dave Babbage card through the years, whether it was, yeah, Canucks or Jets or Whalers, or did he play for anyone else? I can't remember, but uh, I'll, I'll bring it up quick. But yeah, no, I was so always so jacked when I got a Dave Babbage card. Like I have, I have a number of them and I, I dug out some of my cards recently uh, and I was looking at them and you know, those like hard plastic cases that you put yep. like your best cards in. I've got, I've got Babbage in a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> is he, is he worthy of the pla- hard case plastic? I don't know. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Oh, so yeah. he oh, also yeah. played 100%. for Philadelphia and LA at the very end of his career, but mostly well, was, it was Vancouver, Hartford, Winnipeg. And I was trying to figure out, how he got from Hartford to Vancouver. And mm. he actually, uh, he was drafted by Minnesota when they came back in the league. He was drafted in the expansion draft and got mm. traded, traded to Vancouver on the draft night. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just brought up his hockey database here. Yeah. So, okay. He was drafted in round one, second overall by the Jets in the 1980 uh, NHL 
entry draft, which number two overall, that's pretty sweet. Uh, but then, yeah, he was claimed in 1991. He was claimed in the expansion draft by the Minnesota North Stars from the Hartford Whalers and then traded from Minnesota to Vancouver for Tom Curvers. 91 expansion draft. That would have been what? Tampa? San Jose? Something like that? I would think, yes. It was San Jose one year and then Tampa and Ottawa the next year, right? Yeah. 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 So there was, I guess, but if he was claimed in the expansion draft by Minnesota in 91. Did Minnesota come back that early though? No, Minnesota Wild was... They were around since the 60s or 70s or something. Yeah. Right. And then they left for Dallas in the 90s. That might have came back as the wild, like... There might have been players unprotected and then for the expansion draft and then other teams could maybe pick those players if they knew they were unprotected. Yeah. I'm not sure. Might have been been some sort of... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but uh, number two overall in 1980, Dave Babich, uh, Edmonton, Alberta. He's a GD beauty. Um, <laughs> I'll just give you some quick Babich career numbers since we're all such Babich fans. Played almost 1,200 games in regular season games. He had 1,195 regular season games. Finished with 723 points. Pretty wow. good for a defenseman. A lot of those points came early in his career. <laughs> When he was uh, a little more probably younger and mobile. Uh, and, and then towards the end of his career, you know, he played that sturdy veteran role, I guess. Uh, but yeah, he had that great cup run with Vancouver where they came just just shy of winning the cup in 93 or 94, I should say. And uh, that's probably the closest he ever got to a cup, I would say. But uh, that's a shame. But yeah. Dave Babbage, great pick for second line defense there, Jared. <laughs> yeah, great right on. Okay, so run, um, run through that line again there, Jared. Go, just give give me the quick rundown. Uh, so I had Shife, I had uh, Thomas Steen, and I had Blake Wheeler. Yeah, so Wheeler on the right wing, Steen on the left, probably. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, checking Steen's hockey database, like it used a lot of players just say like left wing or whatever position they play. Steen's just says forward. So put him yeah. wherever. Yeah, he, <laughs> he he played everywhere. He like well, he was playing center for the, the famous Dave Ellett goal, but I remember him playing wing yeah. at times too. Yeah. Versatile guy. Yeah. Cool. Um okay, so my my second line, and obviously um as a coach, I'm looking for all. I'm using all available opportunities to to create a winner here. So, like as you saw <laughs> with my first line, I'm 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 using the blender. I'm putting players where I feel they need to be, and so, um, my second and my third line are interchangeable. So, like this this second line could be a third line, and you'll see my third line could be a second line. But what I'm doing, and I think both of you guys have probably seen the film Red Army. I'm creating, I'm creating five man units here. Like this is how I want to win hockey games. (laughs) You're of, you're from the Russian school of hockey, aren't you? Yeah, like I, I saw it work, and uh, 
And so basically I'm creating some five, five man units. So I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure which one I'm going to give the, give the, uh, edge to, but I think I'll go. I originally had them slotted as my third line, but I'm going to give them the second line because they've been okay. working hard in uh, practice. The matchup is just de- yeah. depending on matchups. Okay. So this is my, wouldn't it be Swede if they were all Finnish line? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so playing 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 right wing is uh number twenty nine Patrick Laine. All right. Uh, playing at center is number twenty five Thomas Steen. Steiner. Uh, yep. playing left wing, I'm not sure his number, but it's uh, Anders Hedberg. Hedberg, yeah, he's from the original days, eh? Yeah. His uh-huh. number's up in the rafters, isn't it? Well, he was the whatever they're doing now, like the. Ring of Honor type thing, yeah, whatever yeah, they call yeah. it. He's up there. Yeah. Uh, playing defense. I was at that game. Uh, my two defensemen back there are uh, Teppo Newmanen and Frederick Olison. So this is my oh, wouldn't it be nice. Swede if we, they were all finished line. Playing as my <laughs> second line on the, on the Winnipeg Jets. I love it, actually. And set the Teppo. What is it? Set the tempo for yeah. Teppo? No. Uh, I don't know. Newmanen sets the tempo or, or Teppo or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Was that an ad for Tempo? Tempo? No, <laughs> gas stations? at the old Winnipeg Arena, they used to always have these banners at one end of the ice, and it was yeah. like stuff like that, like you know, nice. yeah, set the Tempo with Newman in, and I forget the other ones, but that was the main one. It was like this little white banner with like letters painted on it, and it was always like yeah, Newman in sets the yeah, Tempo. Yeah, you something. see those in old old uh, <laughs> hockey footage, whatever. Missed opportunity for Tempo Gas, though, I guess, uh, to not yeah. really have that in there. <laughs> but um, that's pretty good. Uh, so, Freddie Olison, what do you guys know about him? Because, like, he, so that's, he's both of your guys' pick to be on the second pairing defense. Well, what I remember and, about him is, like, he had, like, a rocket of a shot from the point. And so, okay. basically, that pairing. And you used to, you've got some, uh, you know, Newman and Olison would have patrolled the blue line back in the days together. So then you've got some familiar uh-huh. familiarity there. But and yeah. Newman and was just that, like almost like the Oliver Oliver Ekman Larson kind of player, like just good at no matter what part of the ice he was in, he was really yeah. good. He wasn't scoring a lot, yes. but he was good in the O zone, and he was like really great yeah. in, in the D zone. Um, yeah. But those those two were like classic. Jets defenseman like late eighties, early nineties. Like that was like the pairing. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely remember them. Um, and fr- so Freddie Olson played seven and a half seasons in Winnipeg before he got traded to Edmonton halfway or midway through the ninety three ninety four season. Mm-hmm. And and Olson's career high goals, he scored twenty. In ninety one, ninety two, with the Jets, uh, he had sixty two points in seventy seven games that year um, with Winnipeg, and uh, yeah, those were that was his those were career highs for him. He hit sixty two points another year, but didn't quite get as many goals. Also with Winnipeg, so his best offensive seasons came with Winnipeg. Um, he had a a good year with Anaheim towards. Uh, they played. He had two stints in Anaheim in between um, playing for Pittsburgh for two years. But anyway, yeah, so Freddie Olsen, straight out of 
Status Joe Sweden. I'm sure my pronunci- pronunciation is impeccable on that. And I, I, I also believe that the, the whole Scandinavian, Scandinavian connection there would totally win some hockey games. Like I said, I'm, yeah. I'm going for the five-man unit here. That's this is how that I build unit. My, yeah. Yeah. Like full line well, changes. I really like, like it. All five guys off, all five guys go on. Just like full. And if they don't, you're just <laughs> yeah. losing your mind on the bench. Yeah. Just like slamming sticks and whatnot. Just um, full on five guys jumping over the boards and going for it. Yeah. So Hedberg is probably the only guy on that on that unit that I don't really like I wouldn't have ever seen him play, you know, because he was like WHA Jets, right? Yeah. He he scored a mm-hmm. lot of goals, basically. Yeah, yeah, from what I from what I know. <clears throat> so I'm thinking like Liney on the right wing, Hedberg on the left wing, and they're both scorers. And then you got Steiner in the middle, and you know he was kind of a solid two way guy. So he's your defensive, uh, you know, he's he's defensively minded, but he can still put the puck in the net. Like he was. Steen, you know, finished less than a point a game, but he wasn't terribly far off, I suppose. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good unit. And then, Jared, your unit back there with uh, Steen, Shifley, Wheeler, Olis, and Babich. I like that one a lot, too. I, I think, yeah, either way, that's it's really it's – hard, it's hard for me to sort of pick at either of those. I like them both. Um I just want to see Dave Babich on that second unit. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, right on. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, we'll figure that. We'll figure out where that kind of where they kind of go after. But pretty good picks for your first and second. Or yeah, both units there. Well, we, so now we're on to the third unit, um, and we want to. Yeah, the third unit's going to be a, a five-man unit, yeah. and then the and then the fourth will just be like the fourth line. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into our third third unit here and see see who do we got for that. Okay, so I'll go first here. So as I said, I'm 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 building units here that are going to be playing as as a group of five. So this is my uh, USA AOK five-man lineup. <laughs> I like that you've gone. <laughs> Based on nationalities, yeah, uh, like you know, really makes it easy. First unit didn't, but well, we'll the first unit had Housley and Bufflin together, and they they were like the Minnesota connection. Yeah, they were like talking about Minnesota Twins and Kirby Puckett, so that broke the ice. And Minnesota, it's essentially Canada, so it goes with Ducky Shife and well, Solani, obviously. Yeah, he he could just yeah, yeah, he's fine. So, anyways, this is my uh, U.S. This is my American line. And uh, so centering would be Keith Kachuk. On left wing would be Kyle Connor. And on right wing would be Blake Wheeler. And on defense, mm-hmm. I've got uh, Dave Ellett. And regrettably, mm-hmm. I've got Jacob Truba, but he's American, so I had to yeah. put him there. But he, he's, yeah. he, he'd, he'd make a good third-pairing defenseman. I think so. I mean, there's a guy that maybe his name has been sullied here in, in the market of Winnipeg. Based on, you know, uh, his reluctance to sign a long-term contract, or maybe he wasn't reluctant, but it never was offered to him. I don't know. And then uh, obviously he got traded out of town to the Big Apple. Um, Gesundheit. 
Uh, but, um, you know, like, I don't think there, I don't think there was any question about when Truba was here, whether or not he gave it his all and was like, no, he's a good player, but like great defenseman to to really, to really put him in among the Jets legends. It was a little difficult for me, but I had difficulty finding other American defensemen that I wanted to put in there. And Dustin Bufflin was already the first, first line for me. And, uh, same with Housley. Dave Ellett's from Ohio, I believe. Um, so yeah, I gave yeah, I gave J- got, Jacob Truba a bit of a shout out. Like I remember watching World Juniors like before Truba even made the NHL, and like you could just see that this guy was going to be good. And I remember being excited for him coming onto the Jets, like knowing that we drafted yeah. him. Um, but yeah, anyways, Truba Truba rounds out that uh, five man unit of American born players. And you know when they're on the bench together, they can talk about politics and barbecuing <laughs> fireworks Fire, uh guns what kind yeah. of handgun do you have yeah. uh, how many guns do you have how many guns yeah. do you want yeah. <laughs> um, all those good things i like that forward unit too though because kachuk is known as a bit of a surly presence on the ice and well, wheeler um, we know has some fire in his belly and Connor is just a burner who's got crazy soft hands and can score at a moment's notice. So, you know, and Wheeler is obviously a really good setup guy, like a playmaker and stuff. So put Kachuk in front of the net or in the corners and Wheeler kind of, he, you know, he can crash and bang too. Um, and one of Con- Kyle Connor's most underrated things is his ability to retrieve pucks. Oh yeah. He's so I good think. at causing turnovers. He's so good at yeah. it. Um, and it's not like he's doing it by, by laying out thunderous body checks. He does it because he's so fast and he's really good with his stick. It's why I love watching Kyle Connor on the four check, to be honest with you. He's friggin' brilliant, but, uh, that's a good line. I like that a lot. And I can see how you're saying, like, your second and third line, you could swap them out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and either or, you know, they're going to be just as solid. So that's a that's a great unit of Yankees you got there. The Yankee Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared, yeah. you're up. Uh, so for my third... Uh, unit of five, a uh, couple of similar forwards. I, I, I like the Keith Kachuk pick. Uh, I like his uh, mix of sort of size and skill and his nasty demeanor. Uh, and then I had Kyle Connor on one of the wings. And then I had uh, another great Winnipeg Jets must mustache legend, Paul McLean, McLean. On, nice. on the other, on the other wing. Um, yeah. you know, I, I do after, after hearing Randy's rationale though, I do like the idea of putting Connor and Wheeler and Kachuk all together. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I could switch my guys around. I'd, I'd have no problem doing that. And then, uh, on the point, couple steady, couple steady eddies, uh, Dave Ellett is mm-hmm. uh is a great choice and then uh i picked uh, uh randy carlisle nice. uh, oh yeah former norris winner and uh i think he was maybe the last guy in the league to not wear a helmet him or mac t 
I think it was Craig McTavish, but uh, Carlisle was, he gave him a run for his money. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I remember Carlisle being a real sort of solid defensive presence when he came over to Winnipeg from, I think it was Pittsburgh, I believe. He got, he came from, came from the Penguins and uh, you know, I think that uh, those two were, would be, uh, would be suitable uh, on the back end. So. Nice picks. Yeah, they, they, hard to go wrong with Randy Carlisle uh, on your team for sure. I think that sort of in his in his heyday, he's just like one of well, he won a Norris, right? Like yeah, that was in 1980-81. He won the Norris, so that would have been with Pittsburgh that he won the Norris. Yeah, holy moly, he had 83 points in 76 games during his Norris campaign in 80-81 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He came to Winnipeg in 83-84. Must have been a, a trade deadline acquisition for the Jets. He only played five games for the Jets that year and had 50 with the Penguins. And uh, and then a handful of playoff games, but it looks like the Jets were probably beat by Edmonton. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then he spent the rest of his career with the Jets, retiring in 1993. So a very solid career for Randy Carlisle. And, and then, he, of course, he went on and is still a coach, although I don't think he's Not currently right coaching. No. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've got a couple Randy Carlisle cards if I if I go through the the old uh, card collection. But um, yeah, he's. I don't know if I got one right here in front of me. It doesn't look like it, but I know I got one somewhere. Anyway, he was a. Uh, he was a good player. Um, so that's the third unit then. And again, some similarities. Both of you had Connor, Kachuk, and Ellett. And then it was Randy with Wheeler and Truba. And then uh, Jared with McLean and Carlisle as the difference on those third units. Paul McLean. Now, and he was a guy who went on to coach for a long time too. I don't think he's coaching currently, but like, man, that guy, he didn't have the longest career, but he had a very solid career. He hit 40 goals several times. And then other than that, he was pretty much in that 30 plus goal range. Like, that's not really what you, I, I didn't realize that until I went and looked at uh, his hockey database. His, his stats, 84, yeah. 85, he put up, put up 101 points. That's and pretty I think, wild. You know, he was he was pretty beneficial uh, playing on the line with Howard Chuck, who was yeah. who was uh, humming along at the, at that point in his career. Um, yeah, but yeah, Paul, Paul McLean was always a, a solid guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you gotta and, have some uh, skill of your own. He was uh, one of a, f- a few players in the NHL history who was born in France. His wow. uh, yeah. his dad, Grosjean, yeah. in the France. His uh, his dad was in uh, the services, and he was uh, uh, Paul McLean was was born while uh, his dad was stationed abroad. But he grew yeah. up out by your neck of the woods, there, Tom, in uh, Antigonish, Nova Scotia. Yeah, that's right. He's a he's a maritimer. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's there's a few hockey. So he went to Dalhousie University in yep. Halifax. Played yeah, he played in at Dal. What was the AUAA? They changed that in the '90s or 2000s to the AUS, Atlantic University Sport. It was whatever. Anyway. Dal, I'll tell you this about the Dalhousie Tigers. They suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only because I, I went to St. Mary's, their crosstown rivals, and we were the okay. St. Mary's Huskies. No, but actually the, the, the Tigers were generally not a great team. Back in the 70s, maybe they were okay. But when I was around uh, Husky, the Huskies were much a much better team than the crosstown rival. Dalhousie Tigers, but yeah, that's a cool fact about old uh, Paul McLean. And uh, yeah, he goes with your um, with your beer very well because he's got a heck of a duster, a good mustache. Mm-hmm. Speaking of beers, I just cracked my uh, Lamplighter Amber Ale by Trans Canada Brewing. Uh, we got. Uh, the nice. great artwork on that can there, and uh, yeah, solid, solid local craft brew. Um, right on, yeah. So that those are some great third units, boys. Uh, let's move on to our fourth line, our grinders and our knuckle uh, knuckle sandwich enthusiasts. I guess I don't know. Um, or maybe we got nothing but skill on that fourth line. I don't know. What do you What do you guys got? Jared, you're up first here. Well, I kind of went with, uh, I took this as the opportunity to go with some conventional fourth line guys, some guys with yeah. a little bit of, little bit of grit, the uh, character so players, the role the character, guys. Exactly. So, uh, one of the guys that I picked was the, uh, the OG captain of jets 2.0, uh, Andrew Ladd, nice. like, t- like Tim. And then, yeah. uh, one of my favorite, uh, Jets players growing up, Lori Boschman and yeah. uh, Dougie Smale, the pride nice. of uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Okay, shout so Ladd is on the to, left wing. Uh, yeah. And then who's, and then, who's center? Smale? Well, I didn't really look at positions for, okay, the, fair for these three. Uh, I just figured, you know what? These, these guys, Boschman and Ladd especially – little bit of grit to their game. Uh, Dougie Smale was more more of an offensive type player. I think he used to play on the wing with McLean and Howard Chuck back in the day. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I went with those guys up front. And then uh, on the back end, uh, Randy mentioned him on his, on his second defensive pairing, Teppo Newmanen. Yeah. And, and then uh, – I couldn't bring myself to put Trouba on because I think he's a bit of a a bit of a turd. Uh, so uh, so I gave the shout to uh, Josh Morrissey, who who probably J-Mo. is not is not suited as a uh, fourth line defenseman, but you know, good to get well, good good to get him in there somewhere. So for sure, um, I think time will prove if if Morrissey knock on wood has a long healthy career i think he'll be he'll go down as a as one of the jets great defensemen you know um he's he's got it all kind of he can skate he can shoot he can pass 
He's a little bit physical when he needs to be, you know, he blocks shots like a demon. He's, uh, you know, he does it all. So I think it's only a matter of time before he sort of his offensive game rounds into form. Cause I think in junior, he was <laughs> really known as offensively sort of gifted or whatever, but, um, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think those are good picks. Um, so like for me, Boschman is the one guy I don't really, I couldn't tell you a thing about him. He's, uh, he's before my time as a Jets fan, I guess he, he, you know, he was, uh, pretty key in round in, in Jets 1.0. Sorry. I'm just trying to bring Mm -hmm. up his, his, uh, hockey database stats here. So he played with Winnipeg for two, oh, four, six, hair. eight years. Yeah, he's yeah. got a nice feather, feathery oh, uh, look there. And he used to he used to rock a good, uh, not a not a full big big duster, but he had a nice sort mm. of uh, lip <laughs> lip covering going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know he was he was just a good solid guy. Like I mean, at one mm. I think he put up seventy six points. But also, you know, 180 penalty minutes. He, yeah. he did not shy away from from getting in the corners and yeah, look at those sort of grinding her out. And oh man, yeah, but he was. So he had yeah. Go ahead. Career, oh, I was going to say he had one year. He had 241 pims, while yeah. also putting up 69 points in 77 games for the Jets. So that's a good fourth line player right there for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. he played Brandon Wheat Kings too. Yeah, put up he put up 150 points in in Brandon his last year junior. Yeah, wow, he's from Major Saskatchewan. I'll tell you what about Major. It's not a major <laughs> town. <laughs> that is a tiny little blip on the map right there. There's like seven people who live in Major Saskatchewan. It's just west of Carrobert. You know where Carrobert is. It's not <laughs> I don't. No. <laughs> Actually, Tommy, speaking yeah, of floral Saskatchewan, yeah. can, can you see this? Yeah. It's a, what do we got there? Oh, Gordy Howe puck? Signed to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot I had that. Nice. It was at the old uh, hockey bunker. Nice. Oh, so wow. Last week, uh, last week on the show, we were talking about how Gordy Howe was so generous enough to uh, sign a, a photograph of himself that I won as a youngster from the local newspaper. Um, and uh, it was, it was Gordy's, it would have been Gordy's birthday last week, uh, last Monday, I believe. Yeah. The day that we would did the show. Gord's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, we were talking Gordy Howe memorabilia and such. And uh, yeah, there you go. There's a, uh, yeah, I just, sorry, I just realized, uh, Scooby, my dog, he's right behind me here. He's wandered in. He's curled up snoozing, uh, right beside all the hockey cards I've got spread out (laughs) on the, uh, bed there, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, Lori Boschman. Yeah. That's some good hair. So there's going to be no shortage of, um, photos going up on the, uh, Instagram, the Talking Hockey Podcast Instagram. Give that a follow there, listeners, if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, Lori Boschman's hair will definitely get on that. <laughs> so, 
Um, yeah, right on. Okay, Randy, what do you got for a fourth line? Okay, so for my fourth line, um, the only commonality that these guys have is that they are just, they're meant for the fourth line. So there's no, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're perfect fourth liners. So um, on, I, again, and I'm, I'm putting these guys where I feel that they need to be. So on the right wing, I, I have to mirror Jared's pick. Uh, Dougie Smale has got to be on this mm-hmm. line because that guy was just a legend. So Smale mm-hmm. on the right wing, I'm going to put, um, you know, just because he appeared in my documentary, I got to put Randy Gillen at center because he, oh. he, could, he could win face-offs, but he also said yes to appear in my film about the Winnipeg Jets, so you need that guy that wins face-offs, but you also need that guy... You need that guy that'll do it all. Yeah, so, and he clearly does it all. And on the left wing, I'm putting uh, you know, the the Jet that we wish we still had, uh, Brandon Tanev. He's going on that left wing. Oh! Tanev time! Yeah. And then for my, seven, or for my seventh defenseman, I'm going to put uh, J-Mo in there. Jamo is the seventh D-man. Nice, nice. Well, it's hard to argue with that. Randy Gilhan, there's another name I remember, but like I couldn't tell you a ton about. Well, he, he won um, a cup with Pittsburgh. Uh, he was okay. just like your very classic, uh, you know, clutch setterman who he, yeah. you know, you'd, whenever you wanted to win a face-off, you put him out there. And they, yeah. the Jets also had guys like Mike Eagles and... Uh, Troy Murray, who are both really good face-off specialists, but yeah, because I actually got to meet him once. Randy Gillen got the uh, got the nod there. Got got the pull. Yeah, Gillen. Nice. He played. He had two stints with the Jets, and other than that, he played for like you know his NHL career was only four hundred fifty-seven games, but he kind of had a bit of a tour of duty there. He went, you know, he was in Florida, played playing for both the Panthers and the Lightning. Played for the Rangers, played for the Kings. He was a Penguin, uh, and then he yeah. came, he came back. Uh, he came back and played for the Moose after the yeah. Jets. That's right. Played too. for the Desert, and that's the Manitoba he Moose of the IHL, not even I, of the yeah. AHL. Yeah. I after think he's still involved with the Jets right now too. I think he does some sort okay. of developmental stuff with them. Yeah, yeah. There's a good uh, locker room guy, you know, a good character guy for your team right there. But like you say can win you a face off and you all gotta that have that guy too. to win draws yeah yeah um love it um so and then jmo is your seventh defenseman yeah that's pretty good too so all right so those are some pretty solid picks that you guys all made there um i've got a list of players in front of me here that i had written down that i thought might get put in somewhere on these lineups but you got but they weren't in either of your lineups so i want to go through and maybe just kind of see maybe we could i don't know maybe we squeeze what squeeze one of them in and take somebody out or something like that or or just some points of discussion but um so for example from jets 1.0 morris lukowicz is a name i had written down here um and he was a guy who scored some points uh of course i don't have his stats tab up here right now but it's coming but yeah morris lukowicz scored 92 points for the jets one year there in 81 82 um he was a a left winger um now maybe that year was a bit of a 
a uh, aberration for him uh, as it was definitely his career high. Um, but, you know, he was um, a guy who probably had, he had some finish. He had some touch. Um, what do you guys remember about Morris Lukowicz? Well, he would have been before I was watching hockey. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was late 70s. Like, I guess the first year the Jets came back to the NHL, 79-80. So he was on the WHA team and then stayed yeah. with the NHL team. Yeah, so he like, he put, he, Sorry, Jared. Sorry, go ahead. He put up a lot of points in in mm-hmm. the in in the last year of the WHA he he put up yeah. 99 points and then kind of petered off the next couple of years but then like you said he hit he hit mm-hmm. that all-time high at 92 but then 82 onward he kind of he kind of dropped off yeah you know I, I like i have no idea but maybe his role changed a bit it's hard to say well, but he, like he if you was... look at his totals they're not bad at all before Dale Howarchuk came on the scene, he was the guy. Like he was right. the the like the the best player on the Jets. And uh, you know maybe if Dale Howarchuk wouldn't have come around uh, as he did, <laughs> then yeah. maybe more people would be talking about Morris Lukowicz. But it's it's a big part of it is Howarchuk came in and took that team over, and it just kind yeah. of like same same kind of thing. Like you know, obviously. Andrew Ladd is on is on our minds because he was their first captain for the yeah. Jets 2.0. But you know all these new Jets that are coming in now, like Kyle Connor is going to make you quickly forget about Andrew Ladd stuff like that. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. because newer, better players come in. But for for me, like I remember being a very young hockey fan and kind of knowing who Lukowicz was and knowing that he used to be really good. But it was kind of he like, was more of your he was before. More- yeah, more yeah. of your dad's vintage, perhaps. Um, yeah, and and you know, like about Lad though, I really like Jared putting Lad on the fourth line because I think, you know, if we're building an all-time team here, somebody's going to have to uh, kill penalties and whatnot. And he was a guy too. Like I think he was really good in front of the net, and then he was also just like the guy's got three cups, I think, right? So like he. Uh, you know he's he's a one of those veteran leaders, but uh, of course I don't think he can even skate anymore. He's got some knee injuries or something like that. But I'm not sure where Lad is these days. Bridgeport, Long Island, something like that. But uh, anyway, all right. So Morris Lukowicz, okay. He's a you know so maybe a honorable uh, mention for sure. Yeah, but... an honorable mention. Well, that's what we'll call these. Yeah. We'll call these the honorable mentions. Look look at my lineup. Um, Where does Lukowicz fit in? He just he does Yeah, doesn't. exactly. <laughs> that's a Yeah, that's a solid. Yeah, exactly. Um I mean maybe Randy Gillen. No way, man. I'm not messing with that Gillen. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, maybe Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like yeah, you, Randy, you don't even have Bobby Hull in your I, well, that that was a personal choice, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can't I can't disagree with that. He's, yeah, no, he's got exactly. a reputation as being of a bit a bit of a shitbag. So. Yeah, I need he I need does. to he does. I need to have like positive mental attitude in this dressing room. You know, like we got to focus on yeah. hockey and not none of this off ice activity. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, 
that said, uh, old Bobby Hull would get you 50 goals or whatever. But we're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Bobby, he would get you 77 goals in 74 or 75. So, I mean, that he played just one quick little Bobby Hull thing for you here. 1974-75 WHA Jets. 78 games. He had 77 goals. So, not too shabby. What? But. It's amazing those WHA guys, Hall, uh, Hedberg, and uh, Alf Nilsson, during their time, mm. during that run that they played together, averaged 1.6 points per game am- uh, amongst nice. amongst the three of them. I mean, there's nice. a reason why the that they brought back uh, Avco Cups here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. we need to go over goalies too. We can't forget about that. We do. Oh, yeah. Let's do a couple more honorable mentions, then we'll get into the goalies, and then we'll talk about uh, some of the uh, guys that um, were brought up in the uh, in our in our pl- in our poll amongst uh, others. So, um, another honorable mention, I think, would be <laughs> now. This this might just be me. But I think he'd be a pretty great fourth liner is none other than the greasy pirate himself. Uh, number 22, Chris Scorburn Thorburn. <laughs> um, one of my favorite Jets from when I first moved here and became a Jets fan. Uh, I really liked the tenacity that he played with. And I think uh, he'd be a pretty good fourth liner. I'm just saying. Just saying. Well, he was a part uh, of the legendary sure. GST line. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that was Tanner Glass, Chris Thorburn, and Jim and Slater. He, uh, Jim Slater yeah. would have been the S. Okay. So another um, honorable mention that I would like to honorably mention uh, Pat, Patty Elnick. Pat Elnick. The pride of Foam Lake. Um, Foam like Saskatchewan. Yeah. A lot of Saskatchewan guys, eh? Um, but I, I don't know that Elinuk had, I don't know that he ever reached the potential that he uh, showed. He, you know, he scored some goals, though. Oops. Um, and was able to, you know, I think he hit the high 20s a couple or a few times anyway, but I think he'd be an honorable mention anyway. Um losing my marbles over here yeah i'd um, maybe put elenic on that third line somewhere but uh yeah like he, he had he was some, a, he was he a pretty a legit touch. player there for a while yeah yeah i think so um and then um uh, chris Thorburn, though he I, he's got no room on my team i'm sorry Tom. no room on your team all right <laughs> not even for sentimental value when you need a greasy pirate well to get he, he might be a black ace gloves. for the playoffs or something maybe black ace yeah, he practiced with the boys and yeah Come in and swab the other team's decks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the one of the Jets two point. I've got I've got two Jets two point players that I think have maybe a shot at cracking the lineup. One is Brian Little, who we did mention. Um, I could I could see Brian Little being like a fourth line center on this all time team, because um, he can provide offense, but he's very good defensively as well. And uh, another another guy that I think could potentially uh, crack this all-time roster would be 
young Nikki Ehlers. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking I think about putting Ehlers on my wouldn't it be sweet if they were all Finns line? But uh, yeah, yeah, I had to go back. But he's to, Danish. So. I had to go back to the old old <laughs> days and put in uh, in Hedberg. Yeah, for sure. So and and there's no. Uh, I don't think there's any real debate about that. Probably, but um, I think Nick Ehlers deserves an honorable mention for sure. As does Brian Little. For sure. Um, I, I I I like I was kind of saying. I think Little gets the short end of the stick sometimes because of the contract that he has and his unfortunate uh, injury status the last little while. So, you know. I'm pretty um, sure he had the first hat trick for the Jets 2.0, didn't he? I I believe you're correct in that. Yeah. Yeah. And that it took a took couple a few seasons years for that after. to happen. Yeah. 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 And then Patrick Line came along and was like, I'll just score a hat trick all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. And now um, we're like, what's a hat yeah, trick? No, we haven't seen one in a while. Yeah. I've got one more honorable mention. Maybe two more. Um yeah, I've got two more honorable mentions. They're both from Jets 1.0. Chris King. Kinger. Yeah. Yeah. King. He he was he'd be a great fourth line guy. Yeah, I think he'd be uh a, a solid fourth line player. Um and if you've seen any of the uh like uh what do you call it? Alumni stuff they did with the Heritage Classic game and stuff like that, like He's still got hands. He's still a pretty good player. He's fit. He's still going. I think you he's think fifty-four he works for the now. now. Yeah. Yeah, he could get in on uh, some action for sure. But Chris King was uh you know, he was a jet for four or five years and then um but he was never a guy who put up numbers other than penalty minutes, probably. But you know, like he's uh a solid role player guy. But uh the other guy that I would like to honorably mention, uh Ty Domi. Um, I don't know if you've got room for him on your team. Obviously, you didn't because he never made the list, but Ty Domi, fan favorite. He only played in Winnipeg for what, two and a half, three seasons? Uh, but he protected Timu Solani enough did, that yeah. Timu could score 76, <laughs> probably, right? So, yeah. Um, I considered going for a Ty Domi, Chris King, and like Adam Lowry fourth line or something, but oh yeah. Then I needed oh, to go punishing. I needed punishing. Yeah, I needed to go back towards the uh, speed. You know, you want speed and you want diggers. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess it depends on which era we're putting this all-time team in to play. But yeah, um, I went with speed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ty Domi. Uh, his second most career penalty minutes came with Winnipeg in 93-94. He had 347 uh, PIMS one season there, 81 games. So he never got any suspensions. That's just like a fight a game, basically. It's like nothing wrong uh, with that. If you do the yeah, if you do the math, I'm gonna do it real quick here. 347 divide 81. Well, yeah, we're looking at 4.3 PIMS per uh, <laughs> per game. So that's basically a fight. Some some games he didn't have a fight, and he took a, like a roughing instead or something. But uh, old Ty Domi there with uh, anyway, yeah. So those are the honorable mentions. Let's move on to goalies. Uh, they say that you're no. What is the saying? You show, show me, me a, a coach, goalie, I'll, I'll show, show you a good, good coach. coach. You show me a good coach, I'll show you a good goalie. Right. I think is what it is. Yeah. 
skill is only as good as the goalie. And there's other sayings, but those are the main ones. So <laughs> there's also good pucks who, deep. Who do you got for goalies, boys? I think there's only two choices here. Okay. To be honest, um, I think that you got to go with Helly, Connor yeah. Hellebuck, and I think you got to go with Bob Asenza. And yeah. I, I mean, you know, you talking about some of your honorable mentions. One of the hallmarks of Jets 1.0 uh, was that they traditionally had lots of guys who were good fourth line players, um, not mm. a not a, a lot third and fourth line players, uh, and then uh, the, the goaltending was never very good until Ascenda yeah. came along. Um, yeah. So those, I'd agree with. Uh... With both of those picks, I think that would be who I would give the nod to. And then I think third, my third string, I would put Nikolai Habibulin, even though he only played 80 Couple games years. or something like that. Yeah, But um, I'd give him that third spot just for being the Bulin wall. Uh, Randy, yeah. who do, who do you have in nets for the Jets? My my, cle- my clear number one is, is Connor Hallibuck. But I I yeah. I am gonna give the backup position to Javi Bulin because I remember those okay. series oh. against uh, Detroit, those hard fought battles, and there was a few games where Javi Bulin stole. When there was no team in front of him, he stole a lot of games. So I think yeah. he he earned that backup. Uh, yeah, as much as I'd want to give it to Bob Essenza, um, yeah. because he was he was the goalie for Winnipeg Jets, but um, yeah. I just there was just you put Bob as your third string. Bob Bobby would be my third string for sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just the wins the I, wins weren't there. The, like the 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 stealing the games just wasn't there as much as yeah. watching Habby Boulin, uh, you know, save like fifty a game or whatever it was yeah. against Detroit and doing Habby Boulin things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy was a great goalie, Nikolai Habby Boulin. He had a a really good career. Uh, obviously, famously, kind of uh, backstopping Tampa to uh, to a cup, I believe. Am I wrong in that? Yeah, and also he, he was Tampa's spent some time goalie in Chicago for their Stanley as well. Cup. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Did you did you see him? Uh, he was on the coaching staff for this year's Russia World Juniors yes. team. Was yeah, he? I saw Actually, that. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, he was yeah. rocket yeah. rocket some pretty good frosted tips too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are big in Russia right now. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, a very big style. But there's a, um, there's a, a, I've got, there's, there's a ton of honorable mentions though for Winnipeg Jets goalies. You've got like yeah. Daniel Berthume. You've got Stefan yep. Beauregard. You've got Rick Tabarachi. Uh-huh. Po- you got Joe Daly. You got po- Brian Hayward. Po- Joe Daly. Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I would I would say. Uh, so I've got a list in front of me of Jets like 1.0 goalies. It doesn't include the WHA guys though. It's just uh, NHL. So Bob Essensa is number one in all times all time Jets 1.0 wins uh, and games uh-huh. played and everything. So Essensa played 281 games as a Jet, had 116 wins. 114 losses, 
14 shutouts. Uh, his goals against average was 338. And his, this is like all-time Jets or whatever. And then uh, his all-time, or career, sorry, not all-time, but career Jets save percentage was 894. So there's a whole list of guys. We just rattled off a whole bunch of them. Stefan Beauregard, Tim Shevelday, Abby Boulin, Pokey Reddick, etc. Um, the only guy that played like any amount of time that had a save percentage over 900 was Nikolai Abby Boulin with a 904 in 79 games. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but that's kind of just a sign of the times. Like yeah. not many goalies in the 80s or whatever. Like I think we were talking about Billy, Billy Ranford, Ranford last yeah. week and He's, he was under you know, nine, Ranford's right? save percent was like 883 kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Bobby Essensa had an 894, so that's not too shabby at all. And, uh, yeah, Tim Shep. But, yeah, like a lot of these goalies, you know, they spent a little bit of time with the Jets. I think the, the here's the top five goalies for games played, Jets 1.0, is Bob Essensa, 281. Brian Hayward, 165. Doug Sotart. Yeah, Dougie Sotart. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Berthum, 120. And Pokey Reddick, 117. So those five make up your uh, Jets 1.0 goaltending honorable mentions, essentially. Nice. But yeah, I think starting goalie, I think it's unanimous then. Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. The guy is the best goalie the Jets have ever seen for yeah. sure. Eh? Like we've waited for yeah. years for a legit number one, and we have it finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with Connor Hellebuck. I love that guy. He's uh, he's a weirdo, but just in the in the kind of the perfect way that you want a goalie to be, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. So there's your Jets uh, all time team. 1.0 and 2.0 combined. No thrashers. No, no. Um, oh, you got to give your uh, hot take to Shane coyotes. Doan. What's your Shane Doan hot take? Oh, well, you guys didn't, you guys didn't have donor on your squad. So I don't really have to give it. But okay. my hot take was that he shouldn't be on the squad. See, I was expecting one of you to have him. Oh, okay. But my hot take was no, he played. His rookie season in Winnipeg, sure. But, you know, he only had 17 points in 74 games. And he went on to have, you know, his best seasons, obviously, later on down the road in Phoenix. Well, that was the only team he played for, right? But, yeah. Like, my, yeah. I, I just... Shane Doan was never, to me... I never really was a big Shane Doan fan, to be honest with you. Like... Not bad. And a guy that, you know, maybe lower in the lineup, third line guy, fourth line guy, but he uh I was expecting one of you to have Doan in your in your squad, so that was that was my hot <laughs> take was gonna be no. <laughs> no. He doesn't deserve it. I guess we all yeah, had that hot but, take. Um Yeah, exactly. You, you guys took your hot take before I did. So um, I am going to just go over now some of the selections, perhaps, 
that uh, some of the listeners and uh, teammates of ours in, in beer league thought that should or could make this all time team. And, uh, but I'll start that. So I'll start with uh, rhyme time listener rhyme time in Wolseley. I'll start with his, he gave us a full roster of what he'd like to see. So he goes, First line, he wants Bobby Hall on the left wing, Hedberg at center, and Nilsson on the right wing. That, I believe, is what they call the hotline, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's the, the pizza hotline, 222 <laughs> Give him a call. And they'll, they'll leave the pizza <laughs> Second outside line, your door. He's got... <laughs> Second line, he's got Howarchuk centering Steen and McLean. Third line, he's got Jamnov. There's, a, there's an honorable mention we didn't yeah. uh, put in there. Hey, Alexei Jamnov. Uh, so third yeah. line, he's got Jamnov centering Solane and Kachuk. Oh, that's and a, that's a classic 90s line, line. He's got, yeah, his fourth line, he's got Shifley centering Wheeler and Line. Uh, so he kind of broke on, it down in, in eras. Yeah, he did. A little bit, yeah. Four, it seems like he's thirteenth forward. Uh... Yeah, and so so rhyme times thirteenth forward is Doan Shane Doan. So there's my there's our oh. hot take on Shane Doan. So give it We're now, give it now, Tommy. Time. We're saying now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I just gave it basically. I don't know. No, you know what? We'll keep him at. He's good as the extra forward, sure, the black ace or whatever. Even though. He was only a rookie with the Jets and never, you know, his best years came later. So on defense, he's got Bufflin and Housley. So that's a common one. Yeah, that we all had that. Had yeah. The Minnesota connection. Yeah. He's got Ellett and Babich, which we we had we had those guys. Well, Ellett was on both your guys'. Babich was on Jared's. Uh, and then he had Carlisle and Newmanen as his third pair defense. Nice. He didn't give a seventh D man. So maybe we'll just say uh, JMO. Cause that was our common seventh D man. And then in net, he had Hellebuck and Habby Boulin. Oh. So that there is uh, that's rhyme times full jets roster. Uh, how's it stack up to ours? Well, pretty you close. Be the judge listeners. Uh, yeah, Here, check this good, out. But, I found the Jets red um, helmet. Oh, oh, who is that? Yeah, who, who's rocking that's that? Solani. That's Timu. Is it? Is yeah. It? Oh, nice. Yeah, that's Timu wearing number eight for sure. So, listeners, that was before we started recording. We were talking about there was a period of time where the Jets had red pants and a matching red helmet. There's Ty Domi with the red helmet. Um, and that must I have can- just been like for one season, like a third. A third uniform, like maybe an it was preseason or, something. I, or something. I don't know, but I yeah. I don't remember. I, not a, no, I don't remember ever seeing them wear red red uh, lids. Anyways, the red pants I do remember, but yeah. the red lids, yeah, that's, that's, no. it's kind of sharp. Yeah, yeah. I hope they bring these jerseys well, maybe back. Maybe with the, maybe yeah, that'd be pretty cool with the Jets <sighs> heritage blue jerseys. Maybe they could rock a red bucket with those that'd be uh i think that'd be all right yeah i don't know 
Why not, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to give you guys a few honorable mentions from the uh, from the the listeners here that were were written in. Um, one guy, I think we might have mentioned him in passing, Cronin the Barbarian, uh, aka Sean Cronin, just for some muscle, just in case things get out of hand, and you need uh, you need a goon to clean things up. Um, so this is, uh, listener Kyle in, uh, uh, where does he live? Elmwood or something? Yeah. Elmwood. Um, yeah. Yeah. So listener Kyle in Elmwood, he writes in that Cronin, the barbarian's got to be on the team for some muscle. And he'd also like to see Jim kite on there. Nice. Um, Jimmy kite. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Jim, big Jim kite guy, I guess. Um, who else do we have as write-ins here? Um, Carter had a bunch. Didn't he have Mike, Mike Eagles? Yeah, listener Yeah, listener Carter in East St. Paul throwing out Evengi Davidov. Um, Evgeny. <laughs> oh, my. Is, Evgen, oh, Evgeny. Sorry. My Russian pronunciation is, um, you know, not the finest. Uh, but... Yeah, he wanted to see Tim Shevelday as the backup goalie, I believe. Um, and uh, like a lot of their, a lot of the guys' picks were congruent with what you guys sort of said. Stu Barnes was a name that came up as a uh, listener. Tim in Crescentwood, he had a he pretty good Stu run there with the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Lars Eric Schoberg. Before his time, so this would probably be going back to WHA Jets. He he was the first pair D uh, for okay. the WHA Jets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he could have had a home on listen. my on my Swede and Finland uh, line, but honestly, that's right. I got a first hand look at at uh, Newman and Olison on many nights, so I had to yeah. give it to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Phil Sykes. Uh, listener Kyle, <laughs> listener Kyle in Elmwood. He's throwing out Phil Sykes, Phil the Thrill. He'd put him on his top unit PP. He says, "No, uh, I think his, he meant Phil Housley." He... I said okay. Sykes. <laughs> his, his claim to fame, though, Sykes was the only other guy who rocked that uh, the Gretzky uh, Jofa. Yeah, mm. and they got they got into a scrap one time, and I, it was uh, <laughs> it was a pretty bad slap fight. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So Mike Eagles, his name's coming up here. Um, hey, there he is. <laughs> who else? I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. Look at that. Wow, that's Phil Sykes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Man, he, what a I beauty. Think he weighed. He weighed about 150 pounds, soaking wet. Yeah, <laughs> but he, half of that was his hair and his mustache, probably. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did anybody mention Eddie O? Eddie Olchuk? No. You know what? There's a name that slipped by, didn't it? Nobody did. Oh, Phil. Yeah, if anything, that. Eddie wow. O could have been could have been on my American line, but Kyle Connor yeah. and Blake Wheeler. Like, how do you 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 know? Yeah. Oh hard, yeah. yeah. Hard to take those guys out, but yeah, Eddie Olchuk should get an honorable mention for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Just um, for just for saying just for saying, as, as they left, oh that yeah, when they won the cup, they were going to bring it back to Winnipeg. We're going to bring yeah. it back to Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably that that's one of the best speeches ever given in Winnipeg. I think yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By anyone, like all the mayors, yeah. included. Even and even when like yeah. any prime minister was here, yeah, it was Eddie O still has it. Yeah. Uh, so here's a question for you guys. Um, now that we've got our sort of all-time roster laid out here, and then the honorable mentions and everything, um, who who would be your all-time coach uh from jet 1.0 or 2.0 who would be the guy that you choose to be the head coach of this whole rig um i'll run some names by you just in case you're you need refreshing so for jets 2.0 there's only been two coaches paul maurice and before that claude noel jets 1.0 they changed coaches every other year it seems like John Paddock was a coach for numerous seasons. Bob Murdoch, uh, Dan Maloney. You had Barry Long, Tom Watt. Uh, you had uh, Terry Simpson, uh, Sutherland, and McVie. Tom McVie, or McVie, I McVie, guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and who's this Sutherland guy? Bill Sutherland. So, um, I think to me personally, the name that's most familiar, oh, Rick Bonus actually coached the Jets for half a season or so. Yeah, Rick Bonus uh, is not coaching Dallas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, from the 1.0, John Paddock, the name John Paddock sticks yep. out. I remember yeah. John Paddock. A lot of the other guys, I can't say, is I really. Remember, so I'm, well, Pat, I don't Paddock know if was I've the coach during the... like the Solani Kachuk Zamnoff years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so who wh- who would you pick to uh, to guide this all time team? Who wants to go first here? Me? <laughs> yeah, go for it. I'm gonna give it to John Paddock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just. Like those, those are some of my favorite memories of being a Jets fan. I do enjoy yeah. um, the time right now. Like obviously, when Paul Maurice came in, and he clearly took this team to another level. Like after seeing what, like Cla- Claude Noel just wasn't an NHL coach. I I think. Um, yeah. You could just see the team was elevated when Paul Maurice came in, and you can see. Paul Maurice's commitment to the team and to the city and to the game. It's all there, but uh, I have to give the edge to John Paddock just because that is the, the uh, era of Jets hockey. That was like what I'm all about. So yeah, John Paddock was behind the bench for those years. So I like the, the, how true North shows like, um, what do they say? Like they're, they're like, you know they sh- they have uh you know like when they're like they hold on to people too long because they're just too genuine or too uh you the know, loyalty too, too uh, loyalty yeah. or too loyal yeah for me my loyalty is towards John Paddock right now because of those years <laughs> of being like a young Jets fan and being like oh man like this is the team he that was I love. the guy behind the bench when you were kind of growing up yeah, yeah. so um. Pat he's from Paddock Brandon, would, Manitoba, so he's a local legend too. John Paddock would be the head coach, but Paul Maurice would be his assistant. Nice, yeah, I could get behind that for sure. Jared, what do you think, coach-wise? Yep. 
I'm totally going in that same direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Paddock did a lot with not a lot in <laughs> for a couple of years, yeah. um, you know, and he really had a, a deck that was stacked against them because both of the Alberta teams were going pretty good when he yeah. was coming. And I think that he would, he would be my choice as well for all the same reasons, right? He was, he was the guy when I was watching growing up and I'd have no problem putting, putting Paul Maurice as kind of the one B or the assistant or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the other guys were pretty uh, unmemorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably why they only had like one and a half seasons or something yeah. before they were fired. Well, Rutzelan had made a game-saving play on Dale Howardchuk, preventing him from getting a pass across to Dave McElwain on a two-on-one. And he may have saved the game there in the second overtime period by hauling down Thomas all right welcome back listeners to talking hockey the hockey talking show uh co-host tom here with you with co-host randy and special guest jared from umfm that clip you just heard uh featured the famous dave ellett goal dave ellett of course made our all-time Jets roster. Uh, we combined Jets 1.0 and 2.0 and Dave Ellett. He was a unanimous pick to be on the team. So uh, probably for a lot of reasons, but one of the big ones was that goal he scored. Clutch. Dave Ellett from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, so I don't know if there's any like closing thoughts per se. I, I haven't prepared a personal like essay to... Uh, to close out the thoughts on our Jets all-time roster here, but um, very solid team, I think, that could go up like this all-time team. I think you could pit it against a lot of other teams, all-time teams. Um, the only the only ones that might give them trouble are those pesky Edmonton Oilers <laughs> from the 80s, right? Like that they always ran up against, so... It's hard to say, but what do you what do you guys how do you feel how do you guys feel about the Jets all time squad that we racked up today? Well, yeah, I think the the team that I really assembled uh, the lineup. I feel that they could go against even the greatest teams of hockey all time and and give them a good game. Like I said, I went yeah. for, I went for the this the strategy of building five man units. Um, because then yeah. when they're not on the ice, they can then talk about Kirby Puckett and other <laughs> American <laughs> things yeah. when they're on the bench. Um, and then the Swedes and the Finns can also talk about whatever they want to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think, you know... Yeah, they'd probably talk about uh, open-faced sandwiches and smoked salmon and stuff like that. And out winter and <laughs> winter, acti- winter activities and stuff like that. Yeah, saunas, yeah. that kind of stuff. But, Cross-country um, skiing. No, honestly, like there's no shortage of, of really good hockey players to choose from that, you know, threw on that Jets jersey from the WHA to the Jets of the 1.0 and Jets 2.0. Um, you know, I kind of, yeah. you know, I, I, I would have tried to find some room for Nikolai Ehlers um, and, you know, some other guys, but maybe in 
two, three years, if we do this again, then maybe the, the lineups look a little bit differently because of how some new jets yeah. have come into the mix or whatever. But uh, I feel that I feel really good about my team and uh, we practice hard. We get pucks deep and, you know, we like to score a lot of goals. So that's how, that's how <laughs> she goes. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, yeah, Jared, what are your thoughts? Uh, your closing thoughts on the uh, all time Jets roster that we've constructed here today? Well, I, th- I think you can see that that there's been a great collection of players who have come through Winnipeg and who hockey fans in the city have gotten to see. Um, The the only regret is that um, there hasn't always been a great collection of players all on the ice at the same time. And and that, you know, when we were really, really good in the 80s, we were going up against some teams that are all-time, all-time great teams. Like that, that Oilers and then the Flames had a good run. And then, uh, you know, in the way kind of thing. And it was a a bit of a shame, but yeah, no, it's, it's kind of like you look at those Oilers teams of the eighties and it's a lot of hall of famers on there and stuff. And yeah, like, unfortunately, uh, we haven't seen that number of hall of famers come for the jets. Um, you know, that said, there's lots of time and uh, we can, you never know exactly what's going to happen, but uh, it's, um, it's, it's looking like the future is bright for the jets. Anyway, looks like we lost Jared here on the chat. Um, oh, it looks uh, like we did. So yeah. we'll have to. Yeah, thanks. Thanks we'll for joining us. Jared. Dial him back in, but yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we're wrapping up the show here anyway, but thanks for joining us. And uh I guess we might as well just throw out to a song and uh, end this on a, on a musical note. Um, unbelievably, there is a band called Harlequin that wrote a song about Teppo Newmanen. So, so yeah, that's we're going to be one of the ones. We're going to queue up Newmanen by Harlequin. And we're also going to queue up yeah. a, a classic Winnipeg hockey song by a, a legend himself, Joy Gregorish. It's called I Just Want to Play Hockey. And uh, I'm sure any Winnipegger that grew up here knows the song. Um, yeah. Well, and that's a common sentiment for this day and age of uh, COVID-19 isolation. I just want to play hockey. I miss it. You know, we're going nuts over here. There's no hockey to watch, no hockey to play. We can still talk hockey, though. We can talk hockey, though. Yeah. And so we are. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you the next time. So uh, keep your stick on the ice and enjoy these uh, sweet 80s ballads.
Albert Daly, Essence, Alliance, Strong, 